Welcome everyone to the Mid-Carters Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts and the current Mid-Card Champion, C. Bloom. I'm your boy, C. Whoop. C. Boat. And we have another exciting episode today. A lot to discuss. We're going to go through SmackDown once again, current events. We're going to do one of our debates. But before we get into all the good stuff we got to talk about today, Caleb, what is our internet headline of the week? It is coming from Covalent TV. Um, it's going to be a one must go. Got to choose between these four. We changed the options to fit something better for us. We got Triple H, HBK, Edge, and Randy Orton. And when you're saying one must go, we're saying everything they've ever done. So their whole history, one must go. Only one. So who we choose? Well, who, who are y'all choosing? Who y'all feeling? I'll go ahead and start because I think I'll give y'all some time to conjure on okay. it. Because <laughs> we just changed it before we started. Um, between, it's between HBK, Triple H, Edge, and Randy. I made my decision pretty quick. It's Randy. Ooh. Like, I, I've always felt like Randy... Oh, I've never been that big on Randy besides, like, when he was going crazy. And he's had, like, a renaissance, like, um, when he's been with Riddle, so mm-hmm. that's cool. But, man, I'm not tripping off Randy, man. I love Randy, but out of all these four... Come on, Randy. You got to get dropped on this. See, see, what makes it hard for me is Randy is higher on my all-time favorite list than Edge, right? Yes. What? Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're both top five, that's but like, Randy's higher in my favorites, at least, right? Interesting. But the problem okay. is if you race Edge, you're racing Mr. Money in the Bank. Like, you're racing the, the OG Money in the Bank guy. That's why I didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're racing... You can't that, race Shawn Michaels. That, you know, no, listen, Triple H and Shawn Michaels are safe. You know what I'm saying? They're safe. You don't got no company. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Exactly, yeah. Like, you know, Edge has done so much. But so, like, I can't eliminate Randy's runs, though. Like, but think about it. Edge the, came back the, from the, retirement. The, he the, broke his neck. Randy never left us. He did. Randy never, Oh, I guess he's gone now. Yeah, I mean, he's gone. But that's the thing with Randy, too. Like, he stayed, and, like, I feel like for a while, he was just, like. Green racing the RKO. Okay. You're racing the RKO. No, DDP had the cutter. Man, it would have went to the man, RKO. I don't eventually. care about DDP. No, I'm saying though, the yeah. cutter was literally already there. Somebody would have been like, "I can jump with this." Man, I can man, do that. He, listen, people do the RKO to Randy. Nobody does it like Randy though. Yeah, but if it's never there, it's the it's the it's my favorite finisher of all time. All right, here's <laughs> really? what I hear. Okay. I'm sitting here thinking while y'all are almost in full on debate mode. <laughs> um, it's tough for me because the thing about it is, I'm I'm going completely against like my favorites on this list, like. Like, first off, Triple H is probably my least favorite on this list. I love Triple H, but he can't go. He can't go, or else, like you said, there's no company. He's still very active in that. Sean's probably my favorite on this list. He ain't going either way. Uh, it's the Edge and Randy. Edge. There's no I like Edge. Metal Niggas is gone. Listen, I like Edge. I like, listen, I like Edge better than Randy. Edge is higher on my list, but I think... Randy's just been in too many classic feuds. Randy has done too much, and he was there for for longer. I think Edge got to go for me. I, I think I, it hurts. Sorry, Edge. I think I think Edge got to go for me too. No, I, 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 I think Randy edges him out just a little bit because I just think Randy just it does it more for me. That's crazy. Yeah, you know. Randy ain't doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All these four, and they, Randy did good, but I feel like kind of like you I mean, said, he's been killer. there for so long. And besides, like, the legend killer and the, the crazy, the, besides that, like... Evolution, what, legacy. Besides that, like, Don't what do you do? man, something we all wish we could like, do. Edge, <laughs> like, I feel like Edge has done so much that, like, you can't erase that. He's had, he's had probably one of the most, he's the, one of the most, probably the most decorated yeah. champion in he's WWE. Like, I think that's, 
That's crazy. It's, I, it's I, I feel that. I see that. It, see it, that. It's, it's tough, tough but this was probably the best internet headline we've had. We changed it last minute. Thank <laughs> yeah. God we did, because there, there was some good to discuss here. And um, yeah, sorry, sorry Edge. 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 <laughs> I think Edge is literally my top five wrestlers of all time, and yeah, I just kicked him out. He's but. number four for me with range number three. So. Edge. <laughs> Edge. I would have never done that to you, Adam. <laughs> I would have never done that to you, Adam. He will not forget. Oh, well, that was our internet headline of the week. Uh, and moving on, now we're going to talk about current events, wrestling news. We're going to talk a bit about SmackDown again. You know, yeah. it just so happens that we record these episodes on Saturday, so SmackDown's really top of mind. But also, generally speaking, at least in my opinion, and I think y- y'all's as well, SmackDown is like top tier right now when it comes to wrestling products, like like weekly shows. SmackDown is on it, and today was no different, or uh, yesterday was no different. Right. Uh, it's uh, another great episode. We started, we kicked it off with... Uh, Bianca Belair promo. It was pretty interesting to me. She talks a bit about um, how she's got a rematch with Asuka tonight for the title. She says it's her night. She's been waiting. She's been patient. And then here comes Charlotte Flair once again. They keep getting in each other's way. Charlotte says, yeah, you're going to beat Asuka. And when you do, I'm coming for you. And they basically like plan a one-on-one title match before either of them has the title. (laughs) And that's that, which was super interesting. But again, it's just like... To me, it's just them kind of like throwing like a red herring for the obvious triple threat that we're going to have. It's like them trying to convince the audience it's not going to happen, but it's still strange nonetheless. What do you guys think about this little I just, segment? I just want to shout out the pop. Like the, the, the when Bianca came out there, that was a pretty big pop for her in North Carolina. You expect yep. the pop in Flair Country. She's in North Carolina. She's from Charlotte. Woo. But the pop Bianca got when the show started and she came out there was bigger than I expected. I mean, she's a face, but you know, we hear a big pop. It, it, touchy so i think the stuff was cool segment was cool i and i said this before i really hate how they disregard oscar as a champion like i I feel like and like to go as far as oh you'll beat her so let's plan our (laughs) the champions right no one would ever do that to roman reigns and they would not do that to seth rollins so just give give your order rear ripley so give your give your champion the same advantage give your champion the same respect that you give all your other champions i was gonna say all you need I was gonna say it later, but since you brought up Oscar, it feels like she's a transitional champion, and that's the problem. For that's me. what she always yeah. is. That's the problem. She shouldn't be. She's too good. She's probably top she's four. So whip, probably top four, at least top five. She's number two. At division, least number two for me. And she feels like a transitional champion. This isn't your mid card queen here. This is a future Hall of Famer. This is a Rumble winner, Money in the Bank winner, multi time champion who came over from Indies that was like killing it. You treat her like she's transitional. Yeah, it is. It's tough, and we'll talk about it more when we talk about the title match later on. But I will say, like, it's a double-edged sword for me because I'm actually like a pretty big fan of this whole like. I feel like there's a lot of moving parts in the SmackDown Women's Division yes. right now, which we've kind of been lacking. I feel like in a lot of the women's programs, just like you got the EO Sky aspect of it, you got Charlotte, you got Bianca, you got Oscar, you got these names, and there's a bunch of moving parts, and it, it's hard to really predict exactly where we're going to come out the other side. But at the same time, you guys are right that Asuka just gets like lost in the fray, which is very unfortunate. But like I said, we'll talk about that later. Um, transitioning into Sheamus and Ridge Holland versus Pretty Deadly. Um, this was an interesting match. First off, let me just say Ridge, because this, this is important to the match, Ridge is still still selling the injury from the Samoan spike on his throat. Oh, wow. Not only is he selling it in the way that he speaks before the match, but also commentary is still selling it. Michael Cole made a point to say that Ridge is still recovering from the Samoan spike throat injury, (laughs) which is crazy to me. Um, But it does come into play in the finish of this match here as Elton Prince basically exposes the turnbuckle when the ref isn't looking. 
Ridge goes throat first into the turnbuckle, like very comically. Then he gets hit with the leg drop, and then he gets pinned. Pretty Deadly takes the victory. My biggest takeaway from this, um, first off, I mean, I love Pretty Deadly. I think we've said that multiple times. Their entrance got a little upgrade. Like, they came out, there was like a the uh, disco ball yeah. was lower down. I haven't noticed that before. Oh, More slow-mo when they got in the ring. So, they're really up in their kind of production value. And overall, good match. Sorry, Ridge. Yeah, nice. I just want to say two things. Um, I love how they keep finding creative ways to win. You know, they keep changing it up. But uh, on a, I saw this earlier. It's uh, from WrestleOps Sources, PW Insider. Sadly, Elton Prince uh, suffered a separated shoulder, so we're hoping that he has a speedy recovery and does return soon. I um, hate to see any top talent, any talent get hurt, but yeah. hopefully he returns soon. It sucks Just the top hate. talent. <laughs> it sucks because they do have a lot of momentum right now. It feels like, but I don't. Yeah. I don't feel. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's like a super long like yeah. injury time. Like I don't think he's going to be out forever. But it does suck that it could like you know halt their momentum for the moment. I think, and given hopefully they get right because they they got a pretty good um, win record right now. I feel like they've won pretty much every match they've been in, besides maybe a few. But someone who isn't winning, but is the king of not winning, is one Sheamus. Sheamus is the king of getting close and not winning. And he's at a good spot right now. I just find it interesting, like, all the ways he can not win. Like, it, it, he makes it look good. I'm just like, man, just give me a win. Give me give me a Seamus fan something to bite on. Yeah. He is very good at, at, at taking losses and never, yeah, like, never is. taking a hit. Like, he never looks weaker. Like, he's lost the United States title match to Austin Theory, like, yeah. twice in a row in different ways. Like with this match too, you're exactly right. It's like kind of kind of impressive how he's able to do that. And Gunther like killed him for well not killed him, but like beat him for weeks and he's oh, still like Sheamus. So I mean I gotta give him props for that. But Hey Bridge, I hope you get better. Rest up next week when you come out. I don't want this I don't want this throw injury to get in your he's, way. He needs some robotism. <laughs> he needs something. I don't know what he needs. Um But um somebody who doesn't need anything but more T V time is Grayson Waller, who had a quick little backstage interview. Um, just, just kind of throwing it back to, he's getting the most clout he can off of the Twitter, the Twitter interaction that he had with The Rock, where The Rock responded to his tweet. Um, he basically just calls The Rock out and says he could come get the rub from Grayson Waller anytime he wants, if he can smell what Grayson Waller is cooking. Um, obviously, I think, I don't know about you guys, what's, what, what's the percentage chance that you think we ever see Grayson Waller and Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the same room together? Due to this writer's strike, I will say 1%. One percent. Okay. 1%. All right. Well, I really think they are building. People think like they're going to do like Roman and The Rock. No, they're going to be doing Grayson Waller and The Rock at WrestleMania. You think so? The main event. Imagine if he shows up at SummerSlam to like rock to rock bottom Grayson Waller. Like the Grayson Waller. I'm, I'm serious. Oh, that's this hilarious. Is, this is the writer strike. The editor strike. Where they? Oh, they're in Detroit. And whatever. But he shows up. I can't be following the rules. Now that I'm thinking about it, there's no way they're listen, following. Listen, they cross the picket line. Listen, listen <laughs> they, he shows up. They're all He the shows up line. and rock bottoms Grayson Waller. First, we're going to be pissed because for, for one, you show up for the first time and you're not showing up to the bloodline segment. <laughs> but second, crazy, but yeah. second, you showed up and now we're going to wait again for months if you're coming back to even pick Grayson Waller. But they did <laughs> mention the rock for the first time. Yeah, that is. Um, specifically in regards to his family. Yes. I think it's the first time in a while. And The Rock actually responded. Not to that, but The Rock actually responded and interacted. So I think there could be planted the seeds for this three years in the making, Roman versus Rock. But maybe it'll happen. I think they should really troll everybody and like wait till like the end of a bloodline segment and like as it's ending, The Rock comes out and he just walks past them to call out Grayson Waller. I think, <laughs> that, I think that would be the move. Biggest but troll ever. 
Anyway, that was a quick little segment, but it, it, it was fun. Grace Waller's it is dynamite. Um, uh, so next up, we have another backstage segment. We have Charlotte. Uh, she basically tells this is another strange segment to me. Very. She tells Adam Pierce that she's leaving. I'm not going to interfere. I'm not going to get in the way. I'm gone. Adam, you're welcome. Like literally ten seconds later, Bailey and EO come to the frame and basically tease that they're going to cash in and that it could be EO's night tonight. Charlotte immediately back in the frame. Actually. I'm staying, and it ends. That's the entire it was, segment. It was weird, but I got why because if if EO cashes in, then, she, then uh, I think Oscar she wouldn't be next in line. If you know what I'm saying, but it, it was kind of uh, weird. It, I don't feel like the segment was really needed to be honest. No, so that's that was, that's why it was weird. But what Charlotte did made sense. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. It's just like a weird, a pointless thing to explain the dynamics of what we already understand. Yeah, yeah. so you know. But anyway, um. That was that. And then we had Zelina Vega versus Bailey. Um, this had a weird finish, guys. Okay, so first off, we're going to talk about Shotzi more, but she comes out with uh, with Shotzi's hair um, that she cut off from the previous week. But anyway, the finish of this match, and maybe you guys understood this better than me, but it was a weird finish. And I think even commentary didn't know exactly how to call it. They did not understand what was meant to happen. So, so Bailey's outside of the ring beside Io. Now keep in mind, Bailey is the competitor. Mm-hmm. Zelina goes over to Bailey. Bailey, like I can't tell if she like raked her eyes or, but then commentary called it as a distraction because Zelina goes back in the ring and then Bailey slides in, hits her with a rose plane. It was like, was it supposed to be a distraction from Io? Was did she rake her eyes because they I'm didn't thinking, say it? I'm thinking Io was supposed to hit with the briefcase because the referee wasn't looking. I think that's what was supposed to happen. But speaking, I got like two things about this match. Both about Zelina. Her flip-flop is not a weapon. I think her flip-flop is not part of her body. Every time she hits somebody with it, they never call DQ. Mm-hmm. I yep. could have sworn that should be a weapon. That's hilarious. Secondly, I don't know if y'all noticed, she paid a lot, a lot of homage to Jeff Hardy. She even tweeted about it. Um, she tweeted, like, uh, time has come and gone for words, which is the Jeff Hardy theme song. She came out and did this a little bit, the, like the uh, Jeff Hardy signing thing. She also did this with the Faith. Yeah, I saw that. It looked clean, and too. And then um, when she came to her, once again on the ring, she did the thing where Jeff Hardy twists his legs. So, like she said, you can't, she said, I think she tweeted, you can't come to North Carolina and not pay homage to the Hardys. So, that was cool to see from Zelina, her paying homage to the Hardys. I'm not going to lie. I skipped most of that. <laughs> I only saw the end. So, literally, the only thing I saw was, like, her hitting the rose plant. So, I missed all that other context. <laughs> well, now you know. It didn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, anyway. now I know yeah. it didn't make but sense. I thought that part, to me, was the coolest part yeah. of that match. So. Uh, but after this, I'm going to tell myself when I talk about this segment here a little bit, guys. Um, okay. <laughs> and Caleb can vouch for this. I feel bad. All right. So Shotzi has this fire promo after the fact. Basically, you know, she's talking about how, you know, she's chaotic and Bailey's not in control, but she's taking back control and she shaves off her head. It's really cool. And honestly, the promo is really cool. Okay. Before I watch SmackDown, let me just story time. Okay. Um, before I watched SmackDown, I saw the like I saw it on Twitter. Basically, I got spoiled that she shaved her head, and I immediately text Caleb, and I say, "I am not a fan of this look. I do not like that she shaved her head." And Caleb was trying to be like, "Wait, just wait." I found out like almost right after I said that to Caleb, I literally looked on Twitter and saw that she actually did it. The re- real reason she did it was because her sister, I think it was, yes. is in chemotherapy, so she shaved uh-huh. her head in solidarity. So I really felt like a jerk for talking about how it didn't look good. But anyway. And so when you asked earlier, you said you want to wait to find out. I wasn't going to talk about what happened on the show. I was going to talk about the real reason. Right, which I figured after after I actually saw it, it, it clicked, and I was like. And same to you, Touch. I, I wasn't going to tell you about the, the show because I didn't say you want to wait to find out. I was going to tell you the real reason because I saw I was. When I first saw her, I was like, whoa, this is first great promo, great whatever. But whoa, Shotzi, 
and then you see the reason why and it's just a hey, salute to you hope your sister gets you know hope that works out and goes well takes a lot of courage to do that yeah and Man. she can at least pull it off because she looks cool if she it's not like a preferred look like i love the green hair but she like she has that like like she has that look where she can rock it yeah I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know. I looked on Instagram. I couldn't find it, so I'm about to find her right now. I will say though, Bailey, we come after you, dog. <laughs> you think you aren't gonna pay for your sins against Christ? That's a cardinal <laughs> sin, and you're going down. But she did push Shotzi to a new level because Shotzi gave her best promo ever in that segment, in my opinion. And we're seeing a new, like, more serious side of Shotzi. See, a lot of people think like Rock is the best on the on the mic, and like Rock is good. But like, have you ever just heard Shotzi? Like, I'm a big Shotzi fan, but I'm unbiased. Like, Shotzi's the best person on the mic, period. I'll say this, though. Um, we all know from her Instagram and Twitter she loves horror movies. This felt like her auditioning for a horror movie, and I loved it, though. It like, did. This felt like it's her realm and something that should have been done with her, and I loved it. Hope we see a you know, new change and see where it goes after this. Yeah. But, yeah. Especially considering that, you know, obviously she did it because of her sister and everything. She, I That's assume, cool. was a major part of the creative in this, so she was able to get in that horror bag that she probably – has been wanting to get into. But anyway, there's a quick little, quick little story on that. Good for her, though, uh, in, in all departments. Great person. Um, uh, really great promo, too. Uh, all right, now we're going to get into the Jay Uso promo. I'm going to summarize this as quickly and efficiently as I can. But just like with last week, they had the most that they go through in the Bloodline segments. Okay, so Jay Uso comes out first. He says, if Jimmy's hurt, he's hurt. And Jimmy was hurt by his own family member of all people. He says he respects the family, he respects the elders, but he is disrespecting Roman. He said he's going to spank Solo like he did last week. He <laughs> said the wise man's been puppeteering the family for 40 years, but it stops now. He says that he is the real head of the table, the real chief. Enter Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa. Paul Heyman says, hey, Solo is just here to keep the peace and make sure things are good. We're just going to step in the ring and talk. He said, I understand that you're angry and you sound more like a tribal chief every day, but you lack self-awareness. You don't understand or have the conscience needed to be the right-hand man. What happened to Jimmy is your fault. Mm -hmm. He also called himself a Juso, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and I feel like Jay fought laughter in that moment. I feel like he was at a break. But anyway, um, off topic, because Heyman says the family will never forgive Jay. Solo then demands the mic in the same way that Roman does, where he just stuck his hand out. And, uh, of course, Paul Heyman gives him the mic. He says, I'll never forgive you either. They fight for a, little, uh, a minute there. Um, uh, he takes out Solo for a second. Paul Heyman takes a super kick. They fight a little bit more. He hits him with a chair. Jay Uso stands tall at the end of the segment. I think that's it. What did you guys think of this segment? I just got two things again, usually for most of these things. One, the super kick from the Heyman was just hilarious to me because comically slow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like I know he's an older guy. You can't expect Heyman to be a professional wrestler, but the fact that he took it, salute to you. But it, it definitely looked hilarious. And then the second thing is, um, at this point, I kind of want I want the solo J match, but I don't know if we would get it before summer. So like, like does Jay need to beat Solo to get the to get the shot at Roman, or is this a match down the line? I don't know, but I want I this J solo match some some type of way. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, that's all for me. But great, great segment. Now do you say that, I could see Jay and uh, Solo at WrestleMania. Just mm -hmm. given if just given if this uh, Jay and Roman thing is a one-time thing. Yeah. Even if it's not, I could see it at WrestleMania. But I, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, just on a, a real note, because they say they're coming in they want peace. How can you get peace if you don't ask for if you if you aren't going to accept that forgiveness, man? That's another deep topic that y'all got to work with in yourselves. 
but you gotta have you can't get that peace without that forgiveness but um yeah i really want a brother to brother like right i think that is that can be as ca captivating if not more so captivating than the roman and jay because that's like actual brother i feel like there's a lot of, that they can do with that but they're not which i can get why but i'm like i really i really would like that lastly paul the super kick is dead because because <laughs> he hit it with paul and paul was up within like two seconds he was like no 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 i'm like bro sell he that agree with us <laughs> when did i not agree with you the super kick's over you oh. i've never did that that was actually i'll save that but yeah but yeah like the, yeah i was like dang the super kick's really dead that's crazy yeah, and he really sold it. Like the he fell so slow, it was like Humpty Dumpty. Like he like tipped over. He lagged. Yeah, he lagged. That's it. He <laughs> lagged. Um, but yeah, the segment was great. Of course, the bloodline segment's always going to cook. Um, I agree with you that if we see Jay and Solo, we, we will eventually. Whether it's now or later, it's going to be great. Um, I just think Solo should go over. If it, if yeah, he, if he needs not, a win. If, Jay, if Jay's not beating him to fight Roman, if they're fighting post him as a Roman match. This is Mania. Solo, I think Solo should go. Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Solo needs a win. He's been taking, like, a lot yeah. of losses and looking, like, bad in, in expense for Jay in this storyline, but he needs to yeah. get back J where Jay's money right now, though. Jay's money. Yeah, yeah Jay's money, for sure. He's looking real dominant. Yeah. Looking very dominant to lose. But, to Roman, hey, though. this is what you want, though. I mean, it, <laughs> it's better than when they try to build up Logan Paul to face him. Like, the next segment is a Logan. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, show, though, yeah. He was not on this show. He was. He the, was oh, he was on Raw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the fatal four way for the Austin Theory Invitational Bang. for the United States Championship. Basically, it's going to be two fatal four ways. One this week, one next week. And I assume the two winners will face off against each other. This one was Grayson Waller, Butch, AJ Styles, and Santos Escobar. Um, it was a pretty pretty great match for SmackDown. The finish uh, w was really clean, too. So basically what happened was AJ Styles looked like he had the match won. I think he had Butch uh, geared up for the Styles Clash, which you know he's not going to hit the Styles Clash. He always has it. And then, but anyway, what happens at, at that point is the Titantron comes on and shows Karrion Cross beating up the OC backstage, saying that they are not finished. So Styles is distracted. He gets blasted from behind by Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller hits Butch with a rolling stunner. And then Santos Escobar hits Waller with the crossbody from the top, and he takes the victory. Santos Escobar wins the match. Um, what do you guys think about it? Um, I'm gonna say three three things this time. Um, I'm confused with Karrion Cross. I hate that we had that short loss last week. Now, if, if they're still going, yeah. Because I thought he was I thought he was injured, so that's why it was a short loss. And now I'm kind of confused, but cool. I'm glad Santos won because it's the guy I want to win. I feel better about it now. Um, Grayson Waller's looking like money. Two matches, Edge, and in this, I mean that shows where they want him. He's not getting these filler matches. He ain't beating up jobbers. He legit faced a Hall of Famer, and then he's in a title contender type match. Love that. And I love the double spin uh, spot from Waller. We tried to, like, pin two people at once, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, and that was about that. So the match was a banger, though. Also, the, it, when you talk about the, the match, uh, Santos Escobar did, like, a, a sunset flip, like, yes. on all three guys. Yeah. Like, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. I skipped this one too, but <laughs> but I did see that he won, and I was happy for Santos to win. I didn't know that Carrion came across. No pun intended. No pun intended. That was pretty good though. But I'm glad Karen was. I. They they will. <laughs> Go ahead. My my podcast brethren will account that I did not like Carrion Cross when I first 
was, um, what's the word, when I first saw him, I've really grown to like like this dude. So I'm glad that they're doing something with him. He needs a win. Yeah. And also, <laughs> never get one. oh, wait, this, you, you may hit this. You may this hit this later. I'll just say it now. Um, there was like a little thing where um, they went backstage after the match and he checked on the OC. Yeah. Me, Chin? Yeah. yeah. Fucking fine, Chin. Very fine. <laughs> I was like, okay, me, Chin. That's all, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good match. Great match, honestly. Um, after that, this is my most interesting segment of the night, people. Okay, this oh, yeah. intrigued me. So yes. we had the Street Profits outside, right? Um, and they're like, where's he at? We're meeting up with him, right? He's going to be here. He's like, yeah, he's going to be here. Uh, a limo rolls up. I'm like, who? who is this? Who is this going to be? Oh, my gosh. And who it is is Bobby Lashley. And Bobby, looking cooler than ever, says, hey, you guys want to talk? They all hop in the limo, and they drive away. What is happening? I don't know, but I cannot wait to find out. I loved it. A part of me kind of wanted them to hop in and us not know yet to keep some intrigue from Bobby Returns, but yeah. it's still intriguing the way they did it. And all I want to say is I saw this tweet, and if this happens, and if this is the, this wouldn't be War Games, but if this is a, a few later on, I'm down for it. It's, no, somebody pitching it. It's, okay, it's somebody pitching it. It would be them and Bianca for the Judgment Day. If, oh. if we got that down the line, that could be fire. That's fire. That's all I'm saying. I love that. Um, yeah, it, it, what are your thoughts? Well, um... I thought it was Ric Flair. I thought Ric Flair was going <laughs> to yeah, come out. Yeah, they were I don't know why, but I thought Ric Flair was going to come out the car. I'm glad it was Bobby. It'll give us. It'll give them all something to do. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yep, uh, I cannot wait to see where they go with it. Um, I hope it's a heel turn, to be honest, for all of them. But I'd be great with it either way. I'm just saying. I think it would be. It would be really fun to see them together in that in that way. Um, the next next thing we have here is something that we're all going to love to discuss. It is yeah. the build for next week's Fatal Four Way, and here's what happens guys everybody that's complaining about you know screen time the patience is going to pay off because we had um you know of course the next fatal four-way for the austin theory invitational is cameron grimes ray mysterio sheamus and la knight yeah and basically grimes mysterio and sheamus each get like a pre-recorded like little clip and then la knight gets a live mic like two minute segment where he comes out and he basically just Talks his stuff. He does his catchphrases. He talks about how he's going to be champion soon. And Austin Theory has a lot to worry about. Yeah. And it seems at this point like we really are trending towards an LA Knight United States Championship run. I hope so, man. Whose game is it? LA Knight. Yeah. And he's face now. There was a face promo. If I've ever seen one, they yeah. finally didn't be, they finally let him come off as a face on TV. They're not trying to make him be a hill anymore. Let's go. Let's get him. Let's make him win this match. Have him beat Santos. Get him his first pay-per-view win of the year and his first championship on the main roster. It's time, baby. And it's time. Please, let's get the title off Austin Theory. This is not hate at all. It's just yes. this run has gotten so stale. He was on commentary during the <laughs> Fatal Four Way, and I couldn't stand it. It was bad. Like he is not good on. He's never been good on commentary. He's done that a couple times. I feel like he was just like. The riff with Michael Cole, it just it doesn't work that well. But um, and Michael Cole was not taking anything he tonight. Him. He ended him. He really did. Um, but anyway, I, I got off track. I feel like there. Um, the point is, let's get this belt on on somebody fresh. La Knight. Yeah. yeah. And I, oh, and I think I don't know about the heel thing because I feel like I don't know. I feel like he's always just kind of been above, not above that, but he's always just kind of been in his own little realm. But I think it's it just should be the time. 
It should. I yes. There's no other time but now. So it has to be this time. It gotta be. It gotta be. I know you didn't watch the match, but I'm gonna tell you how he ended him. Cause he said the commentator, the the crowd was chanting, "This is awesome." And theory said something slick, and Michael said, "Was well, funny." They never said they never said that chat for any of your matches, and and theory had nothing to say after that. Like Cole, <laughs> Cole shut theory up, and I was dead. See, I don't get that though. If you know someone's kind of floundering, why would you put the extra, like a John Cena promo? You know this dude floundering. Why would you like put a cement? Shoes on the guy that you know can't swim, you know. John Cena shouldn't have done it, but Michael Cole was they were riffing off each other. Yeah. Like he was coming for Cole, Cole was coming oh, for okay, him. Okay. But anyway, but Cole was on it tonight. Like Cole, you know, he's beefing with Bailey nowadays. He and so oh, he's been doing that for like yeah. Years. There was it been and Bailey like took the flip flop and was like, "This is for you, Michael." And it's like <laughs> there, but Michael, I can't remember who he roasted somebody else tonight too. I can't remember. I think it was um, pretty deadly. But Michael was like he was coming for for blood tonight. Bitter old man. But anyway, L.A. Knight, yeah. Um, and then we move on to the main event here. Asuka and Bianca, obviously, for the Women's Championship. Um, this was a crowded match, again, with all these moving parts. Let's see if I can do this well. Charlotte was in the crowd with a, a ticket to the show, just like Bianca had a ticket the other week. Um, and when Bianca cost them and, and ended the match in disqualification. Uh, for this match, Bianca hits Asuka with a KOD on the table. Damage Control and Charlotte come over the barricade. Both of them do. Um, Charlotte takes out Bailey. Um, EO puts Charlotte into the ring post. Charlotte tries to spear EO, but then EO moves out of the way, and Charlotte spears Bianca, causing this match, just like the other one, to end in disqualification. EO knocks her out with the briefcase. They throw Asuka in the ring, getting ready to cash in. And then Bailey, who has the briefcase, is trying to cash it in. The ref doesn't understand. He can't comprehend <laughs> what this means, what this briefcase is all about. Oscar um, hits Bailey with the miss. Oscar rolls out of the ring and escapes with her belt intact. And that's how the show goes off the air. What do we think about the main event? Two things. Oh, you you want to go ahead or? <laughs> Hit your two things, man. My two things. Um, the uh, These refs in this cash-in is hilarious. Like This hasn't been going on for like a decade-plus at this point, how long it takes to cash in. Uh, but secondly, Bianca sold that spear like it hurt. Like, she did. Like, she Bianca, did. like, flipped over and everything. Like She died. She was flat. I don't think she did anything else after that spear. She was just out. So that was cool spot. But, yeah, it was what we thought. I think uh, Bailey was actually pretty clutch for that, like, ca that cash-in. Because that definitely would have been a failed cash-in. So I I'm glad she actually did that. And I'll give the ref some leniency. Maybe it was, like... <laughs> Why is Bailey trying to cash in? Because okay. literally EO wasn't even... She was like on the top rope. Yeah. So maybe it was like, you can't do that. Da, 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 da. But <laughs> either way, Bailey, Bailey was clutch. I will say. I don't know where this is going, but like Bailey took a bullet because that could have went really bad for EO. So she got my... Actually, no. Because she... Because she did my girl shots. Like <laughs> You're so torn with Bailey right she now. Was, she, she was clutch for that moment. And you already know, once EO does win that belt, uh, Bailey's going to turn on her. So. Oh, yeah. oh, do you think he'll... I, oh. For some reason, I thought... That's a good point. I thought she was going to turn before she cashes in. But she'll probably wait. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah. should be the first few. Yeah. Then I feel like she, they got to cash in sooner. I think... I feel like the, the story is going to get... The, I, I think the story is going to drag if they care, if they keep going. Because they, they've been trying to break up since Money in the... Well, before Money in the Bank. So if they drag this on... They could cash in at... She could cash I, in at SummerSlam. I think it's SummerSlam. Yeah, I'm saying... That, that's what I'm saying. She's, she should do it soon. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be like almost a year. And I think it ends with... 
Eo getting uh, what's that move called? Rose petal. Uh, rose, rose plant. Yeah, I'm sorry, rose plant. After she wins it, and that's how we get the next few flight payback or something. Boom. Uh, right. Sign me up. I would love to watch it. Um, yeah, again, overall good. I like all the moving parts in this in this women's division right now. Uh, it's really tough to tell who's going to come out with the belt at SummerSlam, especially with the Eo um added element to it. Um, but that that's kind of SmackDown right there. Anything else you guys had specifically for like current wrestling news? I uh, you know uh. There's some good things happening on other shows. SmackDown's really leading the way, but we do have some good stuff on, like, Dynamite with MJF and Adam Cole, baby, kind of like the best tag team of all time right now. <laughs> the way they're looking is so much fun to watch. Um, tune in just for them, to be honest. Uh, there's some good stuff going on. Cody and Rock doing their thing over there on Raw, as well as Judgment Day. Uh, anything specific that you guys want to highlight before we move on? Well, the Judgment Day, obviously, best thing on Raw right now. Um, Drew's back. Still love to see him. And... Another thing I was going to shout out was the Blood and Guts match coming up. Should be a banger next week. You got the Elite with Ibushi. I would love to see how he goes in that Blood and Guts match versus the BCC with Pac, who just returned. Yeah, it's going to be a banger. I will be tuning in. We'll see if somebody cuts somebody open with a fork (laughs) like last year. Um, But anyway, yeah, um, wrestling's in a good spot right now. Wrestling is thriving. Um, With that said, we're going to move on to our next segment. You just made the list. Coming back again with another top five list from each of us today. We chose to do top five match stipulations, types of match stipulations. Now, a uh, quick preface, we, we're not including like the Money in the Bank match or the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber, those matches that happen once a year. We're not doing those. It's like a match that could happen at any pay-per-view at any time. So um, with that said, who wants to share their number five? Um, I can go ahead and go first. Uh, whichever version is you want to call it, I'll put it as Street Fight. I know Street Fighter stream rules are kind of, all those fights are kind of the oh. same. I like the, I like the title Street Fight a little bit better, kind of probably my favorite variation of it. So Street Fight's number five for me. Oh. Okay. Uh, I I will go number five. It's probably I Quit. I mean, it's classic. I don't have too strong to paint because I feel like they don't do it as often. Um, but yeah, I like an I Quit match. I do too. I definitely do. Um, My number five is a battle royal. Like, not a Royal Rumble, but like a battle royal. Like a number one contender's battle royal or something like that. I love when they do it. It's like, it usually happens on like a SmackDown or something like that. It's like a fresh, interesting way to get a number one contender or or something like that. And you you have so many men in the ring, you never know who's going to win. I just think it's it's always exciting when it rolls around and they don't do it too much. So that's my number five. It's also like the closest thing to a Rumble we'll get that's not in January. So it gives you that feeling. Right. Um, number four for me is uh, something that I swear we ain't seen in forever, a TLC match. Man, mm. I, I was thinking between ladder and that is TLC, man. Like, all of it in one, I love a good TLC match, but we don't see him anymore. So Great call. Well, my number four is a gauntlet match. Or I guess mm. you would say handicap too, but I specifically as a gauntlet, I just like, I feel like you get a lot of good performances out of people, and you get to see a lot of uh, different people um perform and especially the if they have an iron man that goes all the way that's a cool uh story that uh they typically tell yeah so i think the gauntlet really gives a lot it tells a a bigger story and i'm a story guy so it tells a lot more story than like a one-on-one match for me it's a great call um my number four is going to be a last man standing match i love a good last man standing match i think there's a lot of unique spots that we don't get in most matches just a totally different dynamic than a pinfall or submission match Generally speaking, I can't remember a last man standing match I did not enjoy at all, or at least enjoy parts of. Um, even like 
Roman and Brock, which is like the stalest robbery of all time, they had a banger last man standing match. match. So um, that's my number four. Uh, number three for me is uh, going actually going to be the I quit match. Like I'm with Taji. It's not used a lot, but when it's used, it's used correctly. And it's, I mean, it's just one of those matches that when it's brought out, you know, this is blood. Like this is, this is real beef. Johnson is undefeated in it. Uh, it's, it's his match to me. So yeah, you know, that is my number three. Uh, my number three is it's it's a ladder match, like a one on one ladder match. Uh, I feel like that's again another a match that isn't. Well, to be fair, none of these matches are often because that's that's the point. They're supposed to be special, but um, I feel like a good ladder match one on one rarely happens anymore, and it's it's cool. Um, like for a title, because I I just love like the the thrill of being like on the edge of your seat because it's not um. Like the money in the bank where you got to worry about people filtering in and filtering out and then take breaks or whatever it's just two people the whole time consistently fight for one whatever is hung up up there so yeah number three uh ladder for sure for sure it's funny that you say that because my number three is a ladder match um <laughs> oh, wow. i probably should have shouted tlc like you did like but they're both great to me i stick with ladder ladder match is great they do not do them enough like to me one-on-one uh, -on -one ladder matches are great, but tag team ladder matches. Tag team ladder matches, like, why don't we see them? They, they, they never will not bang. But anyway, ladder match is my number three for all the reasons you said. Uh, number two for me is Hell in a Cell. I never got to say much about it. They <laughs> they rarely ever miss. I, I'm kind of glad it is not a, a year-to-pay-per-view thing anymore. I like it to be more used when necessary, not just, oh, let's just throw some people in Hell in a Cell because we got a pay-per-view for it. So yeah, Hell in the Cell is number two for me, man. It's, it's just, it between, I wanted to include Steel Cage, but I just feel like Hell in the Cell was a little bit better, and I didn't want to for put sure. both on my list, so I just still with Hell in the Cell. I didn't notice that they uh, don't do the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view anymore. This is the, cool. this, this the first year, though. It's the first year. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. That's cool. I, I like that. I, I, I think it's really cool. Um, My number two is a last man standing match. Uh, There's so much... And, and I feel like recently it's become more of like how can I prevent my person from standing as opposed to like literally just beating the person to where you're the last guy. But still, even those instances are just they're spectacles. Like and like you said, John Cena is the guy when it comes to not quitting, not saying no, not giving up. So like as a John Cena guy, I I love those. Um, I still remember the one with Randy Orton where he he got beat with a kendo stick and that was crazy. <laughs> So yeah, just last man standing matches bring out can bring out a lot of creativity in um, places and things that we don't normally see it at. So uh, and brutality. So good storytelling. My number two, just like yours, Caleb, is Hell in the Cell. Um, the thing about Hell in the Cell match for me, the matches are always really good, but there's nothing, there's no stipulation that um, that progresses a feud or takes a feud to the next level like a Hell in the Cell match, especially now that the pay per view is ditched. When a, when, a, when a feud gets to the point where it's going to hell in the cell, you're like, oh, this is for real. Like, this is, it's going down right now. This is going to end the feud. Um, whenever it comes out, it, it's always special, and the matches are great. So, hell in the cell, number two. All right, number one for me. Y'all have already said it on your list is Last Man Standing. I, I don't got to say too much about it. I just, I just feel like it's, you're beating the person that can't stand up. It's not a lucky pin. It's not a roll-up. It's not fluky. You beat that person usually until they couldn't stand anymore. Mm -hmm. Like a boxing match. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like you won that fight. So. Or you made it to where they couldn't stand up. Yeah, we made it where they couldn't stand up. So, yeah. Um, 
My number one is the first blood match. Mm-hmm. I, I always playing the games is where I kind of got my love for it. But when I was a younger fan, me, I'm not much of a blood guy now. Like I, I feel like I, I feel like I like it in WWE because I feel like they wouldn't do it often. But like the whole John Moxley bleeding every day, like <laughs> I, I, I don't really watch AEW like that, and I don't think I, I think it, I'm a big match, big match blood. I'm big match blood guy, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, and they haven't done it in years. But just playing the first blood matches and like seeing them, uh, like the Eddie Guerrero JBL, John Cena JBL, like those matches, foundational. And playing those games were foundational. Even though now it's so easy to do first blood, but it's still fun, very fun. Yeah, I, I kind of wish that Cody and Brock would be first blood just because they've already you know Brock already busted open. They could have done a thing where Cody did, and then they ended it with the first blood, but. I doubt they will, but it's a great match. Yeah. My number one, you guys have already talked about as well, is the I Quit match. Kind of for the same reason that you talked about last man standing. Like, it's not a pinfall. It's not a submission. The man literally has to say the phrase, I quit. Like, you have to give up with your words. And for me, it just adds, like, like outside of, like, the physicality of a wrestling match and the story that you tell physically, it adds an emotional aspect as well because you get moments like, like, for example, um, Finn Balor and Edge, their best match was that I quit match where Edge said I quit because of the emotional stakes with Beth getting, you know, the chair to the head or whatnot. Um, I just think an I quit match adds, like, an emotional element that a lot of matches and a lot of stipulations don't. So that's my number one. Yeah, it's the alpha version of the last man standing match. Now that I'm thinking about it, for sure. Yeah. Well, that was, you just made the list. Uh, um, Next up, we have... Our main event, our 1v1 segment in which I will be defending the mid-card championship against my good friend Caleb. Taji, take it away. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, those of you who are new, uh, we uh, do these debate segments. are one of the main things. We have a few rules. So, I will give the debate topic um, this time. Once I'm given the debate topic, Kobe, as the winner, will... um, pick whatever side he wants to defend. Um, and then Caleb, as the challenger, will pick who goes first. Um, they'll first get 30, excuse me, they'll first get 60 seconds um, to kind of state their argument. They'll get a uh, three minute rebuttal. And then after that, they'll get another 60 seconds for a last argument. And then that will... Oh, oh. I can't um, remember if we... It's, can't 90, remember. it's 90 seconds. Yeah, 90 oh, 90 seconds. seconds. Yeah. So we can... I got that. Um, all right. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know the rules, this is how it goes. So, first, um, the challenger will get to choose um, who goes first, but Kobe, as the champion, will pick what side of the debate he wants to use. Now, um, they'll get 90 seconds to pick which, um, to kind of get their stance or where they want to come from on their center argument. They'll get three minutes um, to really kind of further push along those details and kind of strengthen their argument and then they'll get 60 seconds at the very end to close everything down me as the moderator i will decide who stays and who becomes a new champion um so yeah at this time i will give you um the prompt i think it's a pretty good prompt um so the debate topic who do you think would do better overall Whatever that, whatever that's defined as is you. Um, who would you think would do better overall in AEW, The Miz or Bray Wyatt by himself? 
So no buddy howdy, but this could be The Fiend, this could be Colt, this could, this could just be Bray Wyatt, but it's just him. He has no people with him. Hmm, very interesting. I guess I will choose my side. I'm really trying to figure out which side I want to take. I think I am going to take The Miz. Crap. <laughs> well, I'm going to go second. Okay. Um, so... Uh, it's a good topic, though. Overall, this is not what I expected. It's not what I expected either. I don't think. Oh God! All right, now Bray Wyatt. Very different. Very different personalities overall. I have to say, um, but that's why I do it, man. I'm telling you, I'm the king of the bait. Topics. Yeah, you should. You should definitely keep doing these um, topics because you are back to back coming out the blue with us. Like, whew. All right, so let me because I want to make sure. I'm prepared. Are you guys I want to make sure I'm prepared? Are you guys ready? I think so. Yep. All right. So, Kobe, whenever you are ready, you can start. Um, you know, for me, when it comes to the Miz, I think this might be like I don't. I think when you look at the Miz, you look at the cookie cutter WWE superstar. He is a WWE talent from start to finish. He hits all the marks that a WWE talent heel does um he keeps in that pg realm he's able to get good heat and good fan responses while being pg but he's done that for so long that he's really kind of been pigeonholed into this mid card lower mid card does the same thing over and over again jobber heel role i think that if he went over to aew i think he could unlock this whole different side of the miz he could obviously upgrade from the pg to PG-13 and kind of have a lot more freedom in what he can say and what he can do. And you would see a lot more of the kind of stuff that we get from an MJF. I think he would elevate to the next level. And I can already see the people on Twitter sitting there talking about, oh man, The Miz, he's been wasted in WWE for so many years. We didn't know he was capable of this. Not to mention the fact that the matches are usually a lot longer, um, uh, usually a lot more crazier in terms of spots. And I think it would give him a chance to, to shine in a way that a lot of people underestimate his ability to do so. Um, I think he can really go in the ring. He'll show that in AEW in longer, more extreme matches, and he will elevate his mic level uh, to something that he's always been able to do but never had the opportunity. So I think The Miz would absolutely shine in AEW. All right. All right, great. Great argument. Um, Caleb, whenever you're ready, All right, let's start. Let's go. So Bray Wyatt is a spectacle. You know, there's there's Sting, there's Undertaker, there's Goldberg, where their interests themselves are spectacles. And at Extreme Rules, that pop, that big return, that door opening moment, the the build up to it was amazing. Okay, that's what AEW is. AEW likes big talents that are money. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's the Bray Wyatt, you know, old OG character, which I love, I think probably is his best character. Whether it's the Fiend, which is such a crazy character, it's hard to even. It's hard to even put in a box how much he could do, whether it's taking out your, your giants, you know, coming out of nowhere at the blue, being your champion. But he has diversity, right? The one thing that Bray Wyatt struggles with in WWE is usually them agreeing on the storytelling. He has a character. He has commitment. He has a gimmick. He's good on the mic. He has the presentation of a million dollars. They just never let him cook. 
I think in AEW with the freedom they usually give their wrestlers, if they gave them the freedom, whether I could say this OG Bray Wyatt, whether it's The Fiend or this new character we just saw before he was kind of disappearing on WWE, he'll be able to actually be that million dollar uh, star that he has the, the potential to be when he's able to cook. And unlike the WWE, there's not as many restrictions. I, I could be a, you got House of Black on there. You got Lucha Source. You got these otherworldly gimmicks already there. He could be a million dollar version of those though, and that's why I think he would be better in AEW. All right, give me one second. Well, well stated, Caleb. Well stated. Appreciate it. Appreciate. It. I thought right. you had a good argument as well. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. Sorry, I'm just note finishing noting down what you said. Okay. All right. So, um, Caleb, not Caleb, Kobe, whenever you're ready, you can strengthen your argument for three minutes. All right. Um, well, I will say you did a great job presenting that argument, Caleb. Um, but I, what I will say about Bray Wyatt and in, in that to kind of counter that and, and why I don't think he will work as well in AEW is that he is, like you said, I completely agree, a major spectacle. The best part about him is his spectacle, is his presentation is this aura, this vibe, this this um this ability to take the product of WWE and totally change the 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 uh the pace, totally change the theme, totally change the vibe for his matches. Um but I think that would work actually worse in AEW than it does in WWE because WWE by nature is much more of a spectacle than AEW. WWE has a much higher budget. They have a much bigger production scale. They have a bigger stage. They have more pyro. They have the ability to set up these grand entrances, these grand moments um, in a way that AEW has never fully reached into before and doesn't normally do because AEW is, a, is much more structured like an indie product in that a lot of it is much more based in the wrestling. Of course, there are characters like the House of Black, but that's to the extent of the lights go out and they come back on. Maybe a little mist here and there, but they do not get anywhere close to the spectacle that Bray Wyatt do, uh, does and Bray Wyatt would. Um, with that said, though, like I said with The Miz, I think that, of course, he's also not this indie vibe at all. He's not this indie type of wrestler, but I think that his style of wrestling and his presentation is much more adaptable to the AEW um, type of product. He, he, he is um, somebody that doesn't take a bunch of production value, which AEW has a lot less of. He doesn't take a lot of these big, crazy, shocking moments. I think we all agree that his mic skill is better than almost anybody and he could shine that way and like we we all agree that he's great in the ring like i said before he would be able to shine and get down to kind of um where it all started he gets down to to doing these things that people have doubted that he could do for years and i think he's itching to do that um i just think bray wyatt could not reach his full potential in AEW. i think he would have all these big ideas i think he would have um a lot more creative control but i don't necessarily think it would be a positive if aew if their product if the production value of the product cannot quite fully produce the ideas that he has. If they cannot quite get there, what's gonna stop it from immediately going south? And immediately, this is not going where we want. This is corny, and oh, this is not working, and oh, now they're gonna switch it up, and they're gonna try something different, and he's got this thing, but his entrance isn't there, and it's just not, I don't think they have the ability at this point in the product to piece it all together. Of course, if they develop a, a bit more, um, maybe so, but I just think right now, if you had to take one or the other, Miz or Bray Wyatt, the Miz is way easier to adapt 
and immediately jump in and, and shine in the product. So that's my three minutes. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Caleb, for your um, argument for Bray Wyatt, your three minutes is ready whenever you're ready. All right. I'm ready. All right. Uh, I want to start with saying uh, the one thing, I think The Miz is great, but the one thing I think that would happen to The Miz in the AUW environment is, yes, he's been a world champion, but usually he's kind of transitional. I sadly think that Miz will get thrown into the mid-card of AEW. And not only that, their mid-card is so wide and kind of directionless, it feels like. I think I can't, with the mid-card champion right now, I don't know if it's the TNT title or the Audit. I can't, it was one of those titles. And Orange Cassidy's having a great run, but the other one, I mean, it's hot potato with that one. And I think the mid will kind of maybe get stuck in that realm where Bray Wyatt will be treated like a CM Punk, like a Kenny Omega, like um, like somebody like like the people who show up the, the MJFs, the, somebody who shows up and it means something. He will bring more ratings to the television than the Miz would. And the Miz is a star, don't get me wrong, but he's not bringing in ratings on WWE the way that the top stars are. He just isn't, you know. Um, I think Bray Wyatt not only brings them more more the look at the merch that he did for WWE. The merch he would do for AEW would be big for them. You know what I'm saying? The ratings he could bring in for them just I get it. Their production may not be as top tier as WWE. But they have put in effort in trying to expand. They're more open-minded, trial and error. You never know what you can do until you try. So for them to even get close to that WWE level, they may need somebody like Bray Wyatt to push the envelope so they can try. I mean, they've tried the Exploder match. Did it go greatly? No, but you don't. You have to trial and error, right? They've tried this blood and guts match, this anarchy match. They, they're, they're experimenting because they're not as big as WWE yet, but somebody like Bray Wyatt could help take them to next level could be a reason why they would invest in higher production and higher uh, technology to pull off the the presentation, to pull off the match style or the, or the background segments to where you actually see the full flourishment of whether I said it could be OG Bray Wyatt without his family, you know, just him with the lantern. It could be the Fiend character, which is crazy on so many levels, but merch was going berserk. Or it could be this new Bray Wyatt we just seen who seem like to have so many different personalities in one. The one thing about Miz that would suck for him at AEW is I don't think you get any other character besides that one character he's in now he's this Hollywood star, but he's the Hollywood star stuck in a mid-card where you got Bree White coming in that's going to be world championship uh, world championship aura around him. He's, he's top tier. He's your guy you may put with CM Point. You may put with Kenny Omega. You may put with John Moxley, MJF. He's not wrestling with the Daniel Garcias and the and the uh, you know the, the Jungle Boys and them. He's not going to that mid card level. He's too much of a spectacle, and the money, the merch, the presence he brings when he steps into your arena is something that right now the Miz just can't match for me. So that ends my argument. All right, thank you, thank you for that as well. Uh, both really uh, solid arguments. All right, um, okay. So, uh, we have the last 60 seconds. So, I'll give you guys 60 seconds to give your side, give your closing arguments, the last pin in the coffin of this debate. Really sell yourself. Whenever you're ready, Kobe, you can start. As quick as I can, I want to respond to a few things that you said. First, placement on the card. Um, if you actually look at the evidence of what AEW has, their current champion is somebody that is compared to The Miz all the time. I think there is a clear spot on the card for The Miz in the main event, first off. But second off, you just said that their mid-card 
is bad, basically. You said that their mid-card is floundering. Don't you need somebody, a star, a top star like The Miz to elevate the mid-card? Isn't that incredibly important to your product? I think we also think that Bray Wyatt, whenever he is in these top uh, storylines, that he usually hurts the other talent that he's with. He usually takes them down a peg and actually decreases the value of the other stars, which again is bad for the product overall. And then you said, well, they haven't had any success with these type of spectacle things before, but he can try and fail and try and a trial and error. I don't think that is actually evidence at all for success. I think that's just saying, oh, maybe they'll figure it out. But one guy that already has it figured out is Mike the Miz. He is awesome. He is all elite. That is my 60 seconds. All right. Give me just one second. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. So, Caleb, whenever you are ready for your final 60 seconds, you can go. All right. Let's go. I'll make it quick. Speaking of trying to elevate, we saw somebody come over from the WWE and tried to do this called Soraya, a.k.a. Paige, thinking she could do another women's revolution. Yeah, The Miz was a great intercontinental champion in the WWE universe. But I don't think The Miz alone can save this directionless mid-card in AEW. You talk about trial and error, you don't get anywhere not taking risks. WWE has taken so many risks to get to where they are. AEW themselves are taking risks going to Wembley for All In. You don't get anywhere not taking risks. And that's why you could use someone like Bray Wyatt to expand your company in so many ways. I get it. The Fiend character may have buried people because it wasn't booked correctly, but OG Bray Wyatt was one of a kind. He was great. He just was not booked highly as he should have been. AEW would definitely book him correctly. And this new character, we never got to see it flourish. He only had one match and it ended due to him getting sick. Bray Wyatt is a million bucks and Bray Wyatt should be all elite because he will bring them all elite money. All right. Thank you. Great arguments. Um, sure, I'm going to take a minute, so I probably might have to edit. Uh, um, let's just go ahead and take a quick okay, moment, and then we will come back with the results of this well-fought 1v1 debate. And we are back. All right. So I'm, I'm still back and forth on things. Uh, I wish I had an hour to decide. <laughs> um, I think you made good art. Both of you made good arguments about The Miz. Um, being suitable just because he's more similar to MJF and then Bray Wyatt being a big ticket star to come in. I think there's strong parts and flaws to both arguments. I think the one that I think is the best argument would be God. Caleb? I, 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 think, I think I'm going to go with Caleb. I think I'm going to go with Caleb oh with the Bray Wyatt. Um, I, I think because I, I feel like Bray Wyatt could bring... Uh, he does have a big name. My, my, my biggest gripe with it was you didn't specify which Bray Wyatt, and I really wanted you to like say that. That would have made things easier for me. But I do think he has that big ticket name. I think with The Miz... And he, he is so similar to MJF, but I think that itself could do a detriment to him. Um, and kind of like you said, with the mid-card, I don't see him necessarily... If like people like Christian and like all these other big names can't really make it pop, I don't see... I'm sure it will do great, but I, I think that's a, an issue, a bigger issue than Miz can control um, as one man. Man, y'all made it hard, man. That was... Very right. good. So I, we got a new champion, I guess. Well, yeah, we got a new champion. Yeah, I, get I think we all have held the championship now, I think. Uh, 
Like if you're if, if you're listening to the podcast on with episode five or six at this point, yeah. just know I was getting hope. I was starting to feel like he's Slater, thinking I may never win for like a year. This is my third <laughs> my third debate. I was zero two, so to finally be a mid card champ, put it into the longest reign. A great champion though. Well See, fought. Start I'm, my I'm, glad, own. I'm glad to have been beaten good, by a worthy opponent. That was a good. Battle. I'm happy to start this reign off right, and we'll see what happens next time when it's me versus T vote. With that said, I can't wait for it. Hope you guys can't either. This has been the Mid Card Podcast. I am C Bloom. T Boat. Usually go do your stuff. Go now. I'm the champ, C Will. I have T Boat out. Bye. <laughs>